0: yo what's going on ladies and g's much love to those returning and shout out for those tuning in for the first time i'm your host deandre evans and look i appreciate each and every one of you for hitting that play button it means the world to me just for you to tap in and say you know what let's see what this guy's about well guess what i won't let you down considering the fact that it's black history month aka black future month i'm super excited about today's show uh, this is a segment with one of my good guys, DJ Damage, man. He is a living legend himself. I mean, this guy's been mixing tables since the age of 12, been killing it for so long. Uh, he was also a big powerhouse and TV personality for the hit network station, Revolt TV. I mean, he worked with people like Diddy, Wiz Khalifa, Floyd Mayweather, Mac Miller, and so many others. He's also been featured on BET, 106 and Park, as well as one of the main correspondent hosts. And today I just want to share clips from our conversation that I feel like can help so many people out there, especially if you're in the industry of music and television and networking and learning how to really overall seize an opportunity and scale it and build upon your brand. So look, y'all know what to do. Grab your notepads, grab the snacks, cut the volume up. It's time to level up. Let's get it.
1: Are you? Level Up Daily, the
0: hottest podcast for self growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities. Tonna level me up, Tonna level me up, yeah. Now, it's your host, DeAndre Evans. Tonna level me up, Tonna level me up, yeah. It's time to level up, and level up. What, up.
1: what it do? what it do?
0: <laughs> What's going on, man? Where you at right now? I can tell you chilling. Man,
1: I'm in the crib, I'm in the crib right now. <laughs> Yeah. It's been a long few days, but, yeah, you know, you know how it works. I got you, man.
0: I got you. It's all, it's all a part of the game. It's all a part of the hustle. But How are you feeling, man? You feeling good?
1: I'm feeling great. Spirit's great. Everything's amazing, man. Can't good. complain. Good, good. Glad to
0: hear that. Glad to hear it. So normally what I like to do is just open up the floor a little bit. It is Friday, right? Got like a Friday thing going on. So we can do like a flashback Friday type of thing. And if you don't mind, I like to open up the floor to my guests. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your backstory, how you got started in the industry, just to give my people who haven't heard of you a chance to know a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah, so I started DJing probably when I was 12 years old. Uh, my brother was a rapper and I tried to rap. I really did.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, really I tried
1: already, to rap. I already know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. wasn't really good at rapping. So, you know, my brother used to always call me his DJ. And this is back when I was even like nine years old. This is before I had DJ equipment. So I was always looked at as the DJ. And mm-hmm. I remember when I turned around 11 or 12, uh, I went to this boarding school called Gerard College. And when I first started there, they opened up a community center called The Hum. For some reason, our our uh, mascot was the Hummers and the Cavaliers. It was whack. but So the <laughs> community center was called The Hum. So I remember when the doors first opened, I ran up in there and they had a stage, they had a dance floor. They had an arcade and they had a DJ booth, mm-hmm. and I was like, Yo, I gotta figure this out. Mm. And that's where I met my boy, his name is uh DJ YS, uh, now Sean McMillan. Like, that's the dude that kind of taught me how to DJ from the rip. But I mm-hmm. remember running in there, running up on him, like, Yo, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a DJ, like, you gotta show me how to use this stuff. And he was like breaking it all down for me, like, You know, each turntable costs this and all this, and I was like, I can't afford that. So from there, um. As that year went on, I would do like landscaping work and picking up sticks and mowing lawns and all type of stuff. And I saved up for my first DJ in the box setup. Mm. So I got that around, I was like 12, 13, and that's mm-hmm. where everything kind of started. I remember uh, I, I bought it for myself on Christmas, and I remember yeah. opening everything up and I put it all together and I had two records. Uh-huh. And I was playing with the records for like two minutes and I was like, why did I buy this? Like, <laughs> i did not just grab yeah. Dreamcast. like right.
0: this is not even fun
1: time. yeah yeah it's not fun bro. it's hard work yeah. and i'm like yeah. this is like but you know i i remember setting that stuff up and i, I gave it some time i went upstairs to play some video games i was like when i come back off a of winter break i learned yeah. how to use darn turntables yeah and so ys was teaching me man and you know i dj'd all throughout high school mm. i didn't I didn't really have any other goals but to be on the radio. Like, it's all I ever wanted to do. Okay. So I went to college, I didn't know what I was going to go to school for. Cause I'm like, I just want to be on the radio. I really don't know. Yeah. And uh, my music teacher at the time was like, yo, you should go to school for communications. Cause that's what that is. Like working communications. Okay. So I'm going to Temple and like, literally, I'm only going because I want to DJ. Like I really <laughs> know how to do anything else in school. And yeah. that's what I did in school. I remember my first year, um, you know, I was trying to get in you know, all the organizations and everything. Right. Nobody was letting your boy join. Everybody was, uh, I was a freshman, too. Everybody's pushing me to the side. Yeah, like, hey, stay over there. <laughs> so I created my own movement. Mm. And I got t-shirts, me. I had promo girls. because We had all the freshmen. All the freshmen was kind of, like, trying to make our own way. And that's how I kind of took over my school. I took over my school, like, freshman, sophomore year. And mm. all the people I was asking to join, they stuff was like, damn, like, this dude then came up and did his own thing. Yeah. But Long story short, this is a, there's so many stories within this story. I um, only wanted to do radio, and we started a temple radio show with my homegirl named Brown B, and she worked in promotions at the radio station.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So she really wanted to be on air. I wanted to be on air as a DJ, but she wanted to be a personality because she was using that as her, um, as her air check. Mm-hmm. And when she was sending her air check in, they was hearing me. Mm-hmm. They was like, yo, the DJ. And yeah. long story short, man, I was able to um, get myself a situation called uh, Hottest DJ in the Hood, which was like where they were showcasing DJs from the city. And from yeah. there, eventually, without making this story even longer, I was able to secure a radio spot my sophomore year of college. And that's wow. kind of how everything started.
0: That's crazy.
1: That's big.
0: I mean, <laughs> to, to have the intention to know like what you wanted. Because, I mean, honestly, it started out with your bro was like, yo, I'm rapping, you DJing. And he was like... All right. <laughs> it's gonna be a group. We're yeah. about to be the new outcast, but I can't yeah. rap. So. man, you just like, all right, I, yeah, I'll take the DJ route. But then you took it seriously, like, yo, I'm gonna go to school for this, I'm gonna get the degree, you know, I'm gonna work this. You just wanna be on radio. And it turned out you say within like two years, basically, you made it happen. So that's a that's a big,
1: big Well, I mean, You know, it was a long, it was a long yeah, yeah. time. <laughs> I ain't gonna say in two years I made it happen, but it definitely <laughs> happened quicker than I thought it was gonna happen because you gotta understand that was the overall dream. Right. So to get that, while I was still in school, I was like, "All right, like, yeah." And then you know, of course, there was many stuff. You know, after that, but that's kind of right. how it started.
0: I got you. I got you. So during that time, that transitioning, you you DJing in high school and college, like, you know, what was the, the name was always DJ Damage. Is that no, how I was, it came
1: out? Like how, <laughs> I used to be an engineer too, and I used to record all the uh, the homies in the hood, oh, and I was man. and I was DJ Duel at the time because my name's Abdul. Okay. And I was like, man, that's not fly though. And my boy, <laughs> so I had a couple names I was going with. I was going to try to be DJ Franchise. Like, I had all these names listed, and my man was like, yo, you should be DJ Damage because you do damage. <laughs> I was just looking like, nah, that's kind of whack, bro. Like, <laughs> feeling it. But everybody around him was like, nah, that's it, man. It should be Damage. So when I went back to school and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going by DJ Damage now, everybody was laughing at me, like, yo, we're not calling you DJ Damage. That's lame. And then I <laughs> got. Eventually it stuck. Like now everybody called me damage. So right. But yeah, that's how I kicked off, man. The name, it wasn't something I came up with, my homie came up with it. A lot of people are like, yo, Dre, get
0: damn on. Get a DJ on. Get somebody in the music industry. Cause I had a guy, um, James Worthy. Yeah, James Worthy was on not too long ago, and it was a great episode, great segment. And you know, he was telling his story about the music industry and how he sees it shaping and how it's reforming and everything's transpiring. And I just want to get your take on, you know, what do you see as really going on in the music industry since you ended as a DJ? Do You see it, you know, see it as, like, going left. Then people, desaturated.
1: saturated. Like, what's your, your take on it? Nah, man, streaming brought it back. This shit was about to die, though. <laughs> I'm telling you, it <laughs> was in hot water. But streaming brought it back because there was no more money to be made in the industry. Like, you know, back when we came up, you sell a record once, yeah. you know, that's it. That's it, it's gone. Which was fine, because at that time, everybody was buying physical records. And then, mm. once the internet came out, everybody was bootlegging their favorite artists and their favorite CDs. Yeah. And now, you know, it was hard to make that turnaround. But once they figured yeah. out that, that algorithm and how they're going to make revenue off the streaming, it brought so much budget back to the labels. Because now, it's not like how it used to be, where you buy one physical CD. Mm. You can have an album, and it keeps playing, keep playing, keep making money, keep making money, keep making money. So now the record labels are back in positions to sign artists and give advances, and you know, actually now if you start looking, they're actually starting to to develop artists again, and that hasn't happened Mm -hmm. in a long time. If you look at Little Nas X, that's a developed artist. That's not an artist that blew up on SoundCloud and they just took him. No, they masterpiece everything, a part of this dude's brand. So yeah, I mean, you know, the record industry is definitely back, and if you want to be independent that's a great avenue for you too. So it's really looking good if you want to do music right now.
0: I also admire the fact that you was, you know, with Rebo, basically, right? Yeah. BT, you did that as well, like, let's, let's hop back, do like a time travel real quick, skip back, because I know that was a little earlier. Like, how did that come about? What happened then?
1: I got stories, bro. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: a long time ago, yep. I um, was being a guest host on 106 in Park. Mm. And I was supposed to get the job after Terrence and Roxy left. I got I wish I could find this footage. Somebody at BET, if y'all watching this, give it to me. Where out of nowhere, it was me and my homegirl, Pageon. We were hosting after New Year's. And out of nowhere, they was like, yo, these are the new hosts of 106 in Park." And y'all gonna see them more this year and blah blah blah. And we had no idea this, this announcement was coming. So it was like, <laughs> so when they made that announcement, I'm talking, you know, I'm thinking I'm about to be the new host of 106 and park. This is dope. Yeah. Mama, this is a dream. <laughs> I, I never got called in for the job. Uh. And then a few months later, they start doing this competition, like, oh, 106 and park is looking for new hosts. And everybody hit me up, like, yeah, I thought you was the host. What's going on? I'm like, bruh, I have no idea. Right, right, right. It's above me now. It's way above. I just was like, whatever. (laughs) On radio, somebody on the opposite station was looked at as my competition. Their manager reached out to me like, yo, you know, this revolt thing is happening and I want to submit your stuff for it. Hmm. Now, this is right after Diddy put the new uh, joint on. I don't know if y'all remember Diddy put that post on Instagram was like, I'm looking for hosts blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. But that first post where everybody was like, yo, what's this? (laughs) I remember seeing that. And then when old boy hit me up saying, yo, I want to submit your stuff for it, it was Mm. like, yo, that would be sick. Now I got to move another step backwards. When he says submit my stuff, I had to have stuff. Right? I need to have some kind of material. I've never done TV before. Uh, Happened was there's a sneaker store and I don't know if it's still in rotation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, if it, but it was called the Villa. You ever heard of the Villa? Oh yeah, nah. It's a it's, you said it's a store, right? Yeah, it's a sneaker yeah, store. It's,
0: it's actually one out here near me. I still, I still want to around.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it was a time where the Villa. I was official DJ for the Villa. I used to work there every weekend DJing, and yes. they started putting TVs in their store. So I pitched to the dude that ran Villa in the mm-hmm. in the offices can I create a TV show for the TVs y'all have in these stores because they're all connected in each city. And I was like, you know, it'd be a good way for people walk in the to see what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They said, okay. They gave me a budget. I shot a bunch of stuff. I interviewed people like The Game, Michael Vick, uh, yeah. Meek Mill at the time. I was interviewing everybody in the city because I was on radio at the time. So I yeah. had some pool to get people, but I've never done TV before. Got gotcha. you. Long story short, my per- my homie, because I'm still in college at the time, and yeah. I went to school with, was supposed to edit everything and deliver it to the villa. Yeah, he dropped the ball and disappeared. Mm. Mm. So that opportunity didn't happen. Right. What he did do to make it up is, from all that footage we had, he mm. created my reel. Okay. So that is the reel I gave. Oh boy, that was going to submit to Revolt. Mm. Okay. I'm trying to fast forward because this is a very long story. Boom, I gave them that. And this was during a time uh, I was trying to become a heavy hitter DJ. Okay. Not the DJ enough. And before I was a heavy hitter DJ, the heavy hitters from around the country will go out with Golden Boy Productions, which is Floyd, and yeah. interview Floyd himself and his boxers to promote the matches. This is before you know yeah. Instagram and Twitter was really big. They were getting radio personalities to come out and personally interview Floyd Mayweather.
0: hmm
1: so I came out there once, interviewed Floyd, and then they flew me out again to Grand Rapids to interview, uh, interview Adrian Broner. Oh, wow. So yeah. coming back from interviewing, and you got to say, I never even left the city before. This is the first yeah. time I've ever been to Vegas. Grand right. Rap- I don't know about none of this. I'm still young. I'm like 20. Like I'm yeah. just happy to be around. you like, so i like, god. Look, <laughs> coming back from interviewing uh, um, Adrian Broner, I get yeah. a call on the phone while I'm on the plane. I'm on the plane now. Yeah. <laughs> I get a call and it's like, is this um DJ damage? And I'm like, yes, it is. They're like, hey, this is Val. Uh Mr. Mr. Combs wants to speak to you. And I was like, huh? Mr. Combs wants to speak to you. And I'm on the plane, bro. Like the plane is yeah. about to taxi off to take off. And I'm like, is this one of the moments you get off the plane? Like, <laughs> like, is this yeah. a Diddy moment where you get off the plane and like miss the yeah. flight? Right. I didn't get off the plane, because I, I I had a newborn at the time, so I was like, I got to go home. I was like, look, yeah, I'm on a plane. I don't know what to tell you right now. And she's like, Huff wants to speak to you. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a call back when I landed. No one answered, and like a week went by. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I guess I blew that. And they called me back to set up an um, a audition to go to New York and kind of mm-hmm. do like a field audition, like hosting on the streets. Yeah, I went up there. They mic'd me up. I started doing it. I felt like I bombed it. Like I mm-hmm. felt like I, like they had me a script like to uh, remember and everything and I didn't remember it well and I was studying mm-hmm. it all night. I went up there. I felt like I bombed it. I really yeah. wanted to go home crying. I went back on the mega bus. I felt like I wanted to cry. <laughs> I was like, no, I blew yeah. it. Like, what was the point? Like I, I effing blew it. Like you had a chance and you blew it. Nice. Another two weeks goes by. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm sorry. This story is so long. I'm really sorry. So understand, I come home I'm, I'm literally about to cry, I'm on a, on the a, on a bus, like my face is on the window, I got tears, yeah. so I try not to come down. Two weeks, guy goes by, yeah. and I get another call, mm-hmm. and they're like, yo, Puff wants to interview you. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Now, understand this, at the time, I'm mm-hmm. on radio, but I'm on mm-hmm. radio all day, I do a morning show, I do mm-hmm. a new mix. I do a new at two, I DJ the afternoons with QDZ, and I got a night show, so I was all over my radio station. Sean Puffy Combs wants to interview you tomorrow, in the middle of the damn day. I need to be on the radio. Yeah. I'm like, what do I do? Exactly. What do you do now? First time, I blew it. (laughs) I'm not doing this again. So I got up five in the morning, and I went to the radio station. I recorded all my mixes on CD. And then I left them in the main studio. And I called every person out. Well, I left the text. Like, mm-hmm. "Yo, I'm not going to be there. Put this mix on. And yeah. I'll, I drove up to New York. Yeah. Long story short, I get in there. Uh, I meet some other people that eventually started to work at Revolt. We're all mm-hmm. in this little conference room. Mm-hmm. And they take us upstairs upstairs. Yeah. They put mics on me again. So now I'm like, what is this? A TV show? I'm about to interview with Puff. And I got a microphone on me? Why? And right. they're like, putting the camera in my face, like, yo, um, are you, you know, are you nervous? Are you excited? And I'm just like, yeah, man, this is scary. You're right. So I see some dude out here in the hallway. We're like in these cubicle, like how the office looks. Like it's different rooms, but they have like big cubicle walls, like detachable walls. Okay. okay. So I'm in a different room, but I can hear a puff through the wall because technically you could detach the wall. Mm-hmm. You hear okay. puff puffing here on the phone. He's like arguing or something on the phone. He's talking to somebody crazy. So it's like, he yeah. already not in a good mood. And right. then I hear somebody out in the hallway screaming and yelling like, happy, but like, you know, turned up. Yeah. So they ask that person in the hallway, yo, you want to meet the people that's going to interview with Puff? And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I want to yeah, see who man. about to interview with Puff. Let me see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Dude walks in, and
0: yeah. when he
1: walks in, he's like, damn, what up? <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, dog, it's me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the guy that organized the trips for us to go interview Floyd Mayweather. Wow. His name is James Cruz. I didn't know James Cruz is Puff's manager. I didn't know that. Wow. James Cruz is also a heavy hitter. Yeah. I didn't know none of this. That's crazy. I've seen James Cruz, but he's always on the phone. He was like, super important. and You understand, I wasn't even a heavy hitter yet. We're doing this these trips. So I just was staying quiet and just staying out the way. Like, I wasn't right. bothering anybody. Because technically, I didn't have to be there. But they were showing me love. So he like, yo, I'm about to go in there and tell Puff to get off the phone right now. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't bother me. So he going, you hear him stomping, boom, 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 boom. Puff, get the F off the phone. We got some people for you to interview, whatever. Yeah. I was the first interview. Mm. I, I believe everything went well. Long story short, I got the job. Got you. It's crazy that the whole story so
0: far is already clear. like, I can literally picture myself there with you from the time from the plane, <laughs> all the way to the time you met Diddy, right? I can't beat this stuff up, bro. Like, <laughs> exactly, you can't. <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> yeah, that's, that's why. that's wild. So when it, when it came to that introduction with you and Diddy, cause everybody loved Diddy, right? They like, yo, it's Diddy, like, come on. Like, what was that conversation between you two? Like what happened a little bit exactly? And like, what did you
1: learn from him? that will stay with you forever, you know, in a game, See, which I met Diddy before because I was working on radio and I ran up on Diddy. We Mm -hmm. had a concert called uh, Super Jam. Mm -hmm. And I remember he was backstage in the parking lot with all the security around him. And I told one of my co-hosts, who was Michael Sean at the time, I was like, I'm gonna go talk to Diddy. I'm gonna get Diddy to do a drop for my vlog. And I still have all the footage. And somehow I finessed my way over there and Diddy's over there drinking a uh, a cafe. Mm. He's not paying my <laughs> no camera no mind, he's not paying me no mind. And I'm like, yeah, you know, one day Diddy, you know, I'm gonna be a rock. but I'm gonna be working with you. He was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's the first time I met Diddy. He was kind of flagging me off. Mm. When I went to do the interview, Um, I sat down and I felt like I was his first interview. And he was kind of figuring out how mm. he wanted to compose the rest of the interviews. I would believe the first introduction is when I finally moved to LA. And I got to have a little one-on-one time with him in the hallways. And one thing I guess I would say I learned from Puff is Puff knows how to use his influence to to motivate people to do better, right? Mm -hmm. Puff was the intern, right? Mm -hmm. Puff started off as an intern. Puff has been fired. Puff had to create it from his own, right? Mm -hmm. So when I see Puff now, in in the time I met him, he uses his influence to bring that hunger he had to other people. Mm -hmm. Because Puff is a cool dude, so when you see a lot of times he's like turning up or whatever, like yeah. he's doing it because that's try- he's trying to he's trying to spark that hunger in this generation we have now. Because mm. it's not the same hunger it was when he was out there watching right. Andre Harrell's car. Right. And I mean, people don't move the same way they used to move. So mm. I feel like a lot of things I learned about Puff is like how to keep that hunger going. And Puff don't sleep. And I say yeah. I sleep, I definitely get my sleep in, but it's not <laughs> the fact that copying him not sleeping it's copying the hustle like the Mm. hustle doesn't stop like puff doesn't stop working whether it's him working physically Mm. or him having an idea where somebody else is working the work doesn't stop and that's definitely one thing to learn from puff man and learning how to move a bunch of people everybody don't have that gift where Mm. their rhetoric can move a bunch of people to do some things and make change and create networks and Mm. puff starts speaking on instagram everybody's like yeah man like I want right. to work with him. like he, he motivates you. So yeah, yeah. I feel like that's something I definitely picked up from him. Like every time he see me, I ain't sitting down on my feet. Like you know, certain things like you you do when you're around a hustler. Like if somebody is a hustler and they come in and you work for them, they don't want to see you sitting down when they come in. You should be standing up. Yeah. And I, the biggest advice, man, is you gotta be intentional. And I, people used to tell me this when I was growing up, and I never knew what the heck it meant. And I'm like, what do you mean be intentional and be focused? Like I, I never got it. But as I get older now going into my 30s and looking back at my life even if I didn't realize it I was always intentional I always knew what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I had no backup plan like mm-hmm. since I was 11 I was a DJ yeah. that was it there was no oh maybe I'll do this on the side I didn't I couldn't I couldn't even see anything else and mm-hmm. I think a lot of us we need to start looking at a lot of our passions the same way because that's how you get it done I remember I went to a Steve Harvey conference and he was like I don't like plan B's because it takes away from plan A. You should only have a plan A. I underestimate how intentional I was growing up. But when I started helping other people who want to get into things I do and realize how it's a big jump for them to just go full force into their passion, you know, I took for granted how intentional I was. So I think the best advice I can give is be intentional and be focused and carry your life out like how you carried your life through school. Yeah, Like when you had homework in school, you had to get it done. So today's uh, Friday, you should be planning your Saturday. You should be writing tasks down, and you should be making sure you get them done. You can't leave it aimlessly out there because you won't get anything done. Time doesn't work like that. You have to be very intentional with everything you do. And I think it's just that simple. That's more important, I think, than talent, because I'm not the most talented dude at all. I work with people that's 20 times more talented than me, but they're not organized, they're not intentional. And they don't have good work ethic. They don't have good people skills. And sometimes they're just not good people. It's just mm-hmm. overall. So I think the best advice is, like, know what you want to do and be intentional. And, and, and don't try to do 15 things at once. Just because you <laughs> see damage, be a DJ, be a radio personality, you know, do a YouTube show, do this, do that. I started being a DJ first. Yeah. That's what people don't see. I was a great DJ first. Right. You have to be a... a what I like to say, you have to be an authority in one field first. Mm-hmm. When you look at TV, you see Michael Strahan doing television because he was an excellent football player. Mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer's on TV because he's an excellent child actress. It all starts from somewhere. Or you'll see somebody on TV that was an excellent stylish, a styli- stylist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? They yeah. were something great first, and then it expands. So now your brain can expand to 15 other different things because you are great at one thing. Yeah, like when you look at Shaq, he was an amazing, legendary basketball player. Now you see him on the general commercials, Dunkin', don't dunk, all types of stuff. But he was one thing first. Right. So I think everybody needs to focus and really hone that one passion that they have, and then build off of that.
0: I think to that certain extent, though. Now I'm trying to, because my mind is everywhere. This really is really yeah. I go <laughs> really like, what's what's next for you though? You know, like what's coming well, up? Or- I
1: whatever. think I think um, I always had a gift in motivating people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times where the places and opportunities I got is because I know how to talk to people and I know how to make them feel good about themselves. And it's not because I'm the most talented. It's not because, you know, I'm the best. It's because, you know, it's it's that personal skill that you have. And I feel like a lot of people need to definitely develop and hone their personal skills. But what's next for me, man, I really want to help the next generation of people that want to be host and media personalities. I think mm-hmm. I have a lot to offer. I think my way into the game was very unique. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot of things and a lot of skills that people. It's To get in this game that, I, that I'm that i in now. Yeah. It takes at least 10 years. And, in, it, and it takes 10 years. And this is why. One, because entertainment is not a young person's game. People think mm-hmm. that. It's not. It's an older person's game because a network takes time to connect. Like me knowing you and in five years from now, me continuing to know you makes it makes us to be able to co-sign each other for opportunities. If I just met you today and you just meet me today based on your resume is what I have to co-sign you on. But if I have a personal connection with you, things go farther. So a lot of these opportunities people see I have came from networks I created when I was in college. Mm -hmm. From people that I see rise up with me, from people that used to be interns and assistants, now they're you know, in executive positions. They don't understand, like, you grow with your network. So I really want to get into media coaching and helping people and understand how this game really works because it doesn't happen overnight. But yeah. it can happen faster if you have a, a mentor because a lot of things, it takes you a time to get certain places because you have to learn the rules and you have to get the experience. Right. And it's hard to get that experience if you don't have a mentor. And it's hard to get a mentor because Literally, this is a competitive game. Like somebody's not going to necessarily mentor you because you can come in and take their job. But me, I don't look at things like that. Like what's for yeah. me is what's for me. And yeah. you know, there's so many talented people out there, and it's the internet. There's so many brands. There's so much ways, so many ways to make money. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking to do now. Like with my brand, like I'm looking to jump, jump more behind the scenes and yeah. help the next. You know, and push. You know, people that are super talented, more talented to me than that than to could be on these big screens and. Interviewing the biggest artists or the biggest actors and actresses. Yeah. Like, I want to help cultivate that. So that's what I'm looking to do next. Mm-hmm.
0: Yo, what's going on, gang? Tapping back into the podcast. I hope this episode provided some value to you. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. A lot of gems and nuggets being dropped in there. And look, if you found this episode to be valuable, if it helped change your perspective in any way, go ahead and leave a five-star rating review on iTunes, or you can hop over to Spotify and go ahead and leave a five-star rating review. It will go a long way for the show. And if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You don't wanna miss out for up and coming interviews and segments. And with that being said, make sure you go ahead, tell a friend to tell a friend. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know how we get down and what we do here on Level Up Daily. And so I just wanna say again, thank you for the love and support. Until next time, much love, peace, and blessings.